This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 9th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. In 2008, then-candidate Obama said he wanted to make coal-generated electricity very expensive. But has his administration actually undertaken a true war on coal? Jerry Taylor, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. I'm from Kentucky, and a great deal of the uh, discussion in Kentucky with respect to the Obama administration has been coal. And, of course, they point to the uh, comment that you made earlier that President Obama made, or President then-candidate Obama made, about trying to make coal far more uh, expensive and to essentially make new coal-fired power plants prohibitively expensive. So what has been uh, the record with respect to this administration uh, on coal? Well, in 2008, we produced 1.17 million metric short tons of coal. In 2011, we produced 1.09 million metric short tons of coal. So coal production is slightly down under this administration, but not remarkably so. Most of that decline, in fact, virtually all of it, even if you ask the industry, has absolutely nothing to do with regulations or from the EPA or Obama-initiated wars on the coal industry. It has to do with shale gas. Shale gas now, thanks to hydraulic fracking, has driven natural gas prices down so low that coal can't compete with gas-fired power, nor can nuclear energy compete with gas-fired power, nor can anything compete with gas-fired power. If there is a dagger pointed at the heart of this industry, it's courtesy of shale gas, something that Romney champions. Not, I'm not saying he shouldn't champion it, but the idea that the bulk of the responsibility for shutdowns uh, in coal mines, for retrofits from coal-fired power to gas-fired power, or for the lack of new orders for coal has to do with this, rate, with this administration, is a fantasy. It has to do with low-cost natural gas. Uh, in fact, if you look at uh, futures markets for gas prices, we see that they're going to continue to be low. It's not as if this is a temporary thing on the bubble. If you go to the NYMEX, as far out as you can buy a, a natural gas contract, uh, gas is selling at about you know pretty much where it is today. Uh, virtually every forecaster sees the same thing. The industry sees the same thing. They argue, uh, everyone who is in this business argues that you won't see any new coal-fired power until natural gas prices hit at least 960 per million uh, per per trillion cubic feet uh, in price. Well, we're not going to see that uh, in in any scenario that anybody uh, uh, can can find on the horizon. I mean, anything's possible, I suppose. But you'd have to see a tripling in natural gas prices before coal makes any economic sense as far as new power generation is concerned. So the idea that uh, the regulations are the primary factor here, I think, is not, not at all correct. What arguments are people making to support this claim that there is an Obama administration war on coal uh, absent his comment as a candidate? Well, there are two policies in particular that uh, uh, Romney points to to justify this accusation that there is a Obama-inspired war on coal. The first regulation uh, comes out of the EPA, uh, and it's to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from uh, coal-fired power plants. Now, this regulation uh, was required by the Supreme Court. Uh, some years ago, uh, Massachusetts, along with other states and environmentalists, sued the EPA and argued that the Clean Air Act requires them to regulate greenhouse gases because that's covered by the Clean Air Act. The, the, the Bush administration at the time argued to the contrary. Uh, Cato filed an amicus brief arguing to the contrary, but the Supreme Court uh, found in favor of the state of Massachusetts, and it required EPA to uh, consider greenhouse gases as a, a constituent which is indeed covered by the Clean Air Act. 
Well, once that was uh, that finding was made, uh, the EPA then went about and said, yes, greenhouse gases are a threat to human health, which means that we now have a duty to regulate. And the proposed regulations uh, were issued earlier this year. Now, keep in mind, the Obama administration, by citing the Clean Air Act, could have done anything it wanted to attack greenhouse gas emissions. It could have shut down the coal industry. It could have done very dramatic things. But what the administration forwarded uh, at the beginning of this year was a rule that didn't apply to existing coal-fired power plants, didn't apply to any coal-fired power plants in the permitting line at the moment. It only applies to new coal-fired power plants that have yet to begin the permit application process. And it imposes some pretty strict greenhouse gas emissions controls. Now, the administration uh, uh, argues that, so if anybody tries to build a new coal-fired power plant, unless they sequester the carbon somehow, capture the carbon emissions and bury them in the ground, there's no way they're going to be able to uh, build new coal. And the coal industry and the Romney campaign points to this and says, see, they're going to shut down the coal industry. Well, again, coal-fired power plants currently in operation or currently in the permitting pipeline aren't touched by these regulations, only the brand new ones. But there aren't going to be any brand new ones. According to the EPA, according to the industry, according to all all forecasters, people in the power sector, coal isn't going to get built for any foreseeable time frame as long as gas is uh, where it is today. And until gas prices triple, no one's going to ever think of of the thing which is why EPA in its rulemaking on the greenhouse gas rule found no benefit whatsoever from the rule. No reduction in greenhouse gas emissions at all would occur from this rule because it's essentially mandating the baseline scenario be the baseline scenario. And correspondingly, there would be no cost. And uh, unless something radical happens, some sort of radical innovation in technology that makes coal far, far cheaper than it is today, or something happens uh, in, the, in the shale gas sector, say environmental succeed in shutting down all hydraulic fracking, or let's assume we find that the uh, shale gas reserves we think are in place are you know, wildly overstated, that rule just means nothing. It has nothing to do with uh, the troubles facing the coal industry. The other thing that the Romney campaign points to with regards to this war on coal is something called the Mercury and Air Toxic Standards, or MATS. Uh, these are rules which address particulate matter, uh, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxides, uh, hydro- uh, hydrochloric acid, and other air toxics. Uh, and it applies to existing coal-fired power plants. So this one isn't just about new plants, but it has much stricter standards for new plants than it does for existing plants. Now, these rules are real, and, and they do have costs. Uh, the EPA says they'll cost about $10 billion a year uh, when they're fully uh, phased in. Uh, other estimates bring the costs as high as $20 billion a year. Uh, so they have real costs, uh, and the EPA believes they'll have real benefits. They'll save 11,000 uh, lives uh, from uh, uh, premature death uh, every year once these rules are kicked in. So this is a real issue for the coal industry. But it doesn't have a whole lot to do with what's going on right now, mostly because this rule will not take effect for three or four years. So it's not in play right now. Of course, people in the coal sector have to plan for this rule, and so they may make decisions based on what they see on the horizon. But again, most of what we're seeing in the coal sector, the mining shut, the, the, some shutdowns in the mining sector, tr- uh, retrofits from coal-fired to gas-fired power, has very little to do with this rule and has everything to do with what's going on with shale gas. So what does the Romney administration propose to do about the greenhouse gas rule? Not a whole lot. I'm sorry. So what does the Romney campaign propose to do about these uh, two regulations? Can't really do a whole lot. In fact, it promises nothing. It doesn't promise to roll back the greenhouse. It, 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 it looks for a legislative answer by asking Congress to uh, declare that greenhouse gases are indeed not covered by the Clean Air Act. And that would solve that problem. That's, that's fine. And uh, I, I wish them well if that were to happen. That's something I would support. 
but it's not going to accomplish much because the rule is pretty inconsequential. As far as the mercury and air toxic standards, the Romney administration promises nothing. And the reason it promises nothing is because it can't do anything about them. These were regulations which were dictated by the D.C. Circuit Court. An environmentalist lawsuit against EPA forced these rules. The EPA had not wanted to issue these regulations. Uh, but the Clean Air Act allows people who disagrees with the rules to go to court and argue in front of a judge that the agency isn't doing its job, and the agency lost in that regard. And they signed a consent decree in 2011 uh, uh, dictating the terms of surrender. So there's nothing uh, a, a future Romney administration could do to roll back these rules. That's, it's out of their hands. What they do promise is to reform the Clean Air Act and to make it more business-friendly. Uh, but they give, give us no details about what that might mean, what that might look like. There's absolutely, and the devil is always in the details. So I'm not sure what to make of a promise like that. Uh, all he says is that they want, that Romney wants to see effective environmental protection at a reasonable cost. And well, there isn't a man alive or a woman alive who wouldn't endorse that. I'm sure Barack Obama would endorse that. That gives me no guidance whatsoever. Uh, the only other thing that Romney talks about to remediate the war on coal is to uh, uh, promote clean coal. His complaint is that the Obama administration isn't doing enough to subsidize clean coal, uh, when in fact, uh, under the Bush administration, the federal government spent about $2.5 billion in subsidies on clean coal. And uh, as part of the economic recovery package uh, that uh, the president uh, got into law in 2009, uh, three, three and a half billion dollars was spent on clean coal. So it's not as if the administration isn't doing enough to subsidize clean coal. Be that as it may, my, my uh, observation here is that the government should be doing nothing to promote clean coal. If clean coal makes economic sense, clean coal, by the way, is defined as essentially capturing carbon dioxide emissions and sequestering them from the atmosphere, burying them in the ground, as it were. Then the industry should pay for its own R&D. And the industry can promote this technology if it sees it as an answer uh, to environmental problems. Uh, the taxpayer shouldn't be doing it. Uh, if, uh, if there is pollution going on, then the polluter ought to be the responsible party for remediating that pollution, not the taxpayer. The federal government has no business uh, subsidizing this sort of thing. Uh, it's not clear to me that even if there is a greenhouse gas emissions problem that needs to be addressed, the clean coal is the best way. Maybe nuclear power is a cheaper way of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Maybe natural gas substitution for coal is, is a cheaper way. Maybe conservation is a cheaper way. Uh, heck, who knows? Maybe there'll be breakthroughs in solar or wind power that allows uh, renewables to more effectively uh, uh, price themselves in the market under a carbon-constrained future. So there's, there's really not a lot of remedy here, even if you believe these charges that the war on coal is something that's a dire threat to the industry. The Romney campaign doesn't have a whole lot of answers for it. Jerry Taylor is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.